You are listening to the Steadfast Life Podcast from Jake and Witt over at Steadfast Life Coaching. This is where you'll hear stories, insights, interviews, and observations that will inspire and equip you to take your health, wealth, and relationships from here to elite. Whether it's overcoming struggles, our foundational relationship with Jesus Christ, the lessons we've learned from competing in sports, or the perspective that only comes from pushing your body and mind to the edge to climb 14,000 foot peaks, these opportunities have given us a unique perspective on mindset that we are excited to share with you right now. Today I want to ask, have you ever fallen into a debate with someone online? You have a belief and they have a belief. You evaluate your belief and discover that you can really back it up. There is a mountain of evidence that supports your position. So you decide to be completely helpful and share the facts with this person in an effort to enlighten them. As I'm sure you've experienced, this usually leads to your heart quickening, your body temperature rising, your to-do list for the day getting cast aside forever, your jaw tightening, and ultimately your anger spilling out onto family and friends because this present facts to change beliefs concept simply doesn't work. I'm guilty. I have opinions. I've been sucked into the vortex and I could complain about what an idiot that person is for clinging so tightly to an unsupported belief. Or I could actually acknowledge that I am the idiot for attempting to do something the facts tell me will never work. John Adams says it like this, facts are stubborn things, but our minds are even more stubborn. Rocket scientist turned law professor Ozan Varal makes this observation. Doubt isn't always resolved in the face of facts for even the most enlightened among us, however credible and convincing those facts might be. As a result of the well-documented confirmation bias, we tend to undervalue evidence that contradicts our beliefs and overvalue evidence that confirms them. We filter out inconvenient truths and arguments on the opposing side. As a result, our opinions solidify and it becomes increasingly more difficult to disrupt established patterns of of thinking. We believe in alternative facts if they support our pre-existing beliefs. Aggressively mediocre corporate executives remain in office because we interpret the evidence to confirm the accuracy of our initial hiring decision. Doctors continue to preach the ills of dietary fat despite emerging research to the contrary. So whenever I have doubts about the power of confirmation bias, I choose to get honest with myself and think back to the last time I googled a question hoping to find evidence to support my position. Did I meticulously read each link to get a broad objective picture? No. I simply skimmed through the links looking for the page that would confirm what I already believed was true. The reality is I'll always find that link, especially if I'm willing to click through to page 15 on the search result. Confirmation bias is hiding in all of us. Now, since this podcast is about personal growth, you may be asking yourself, why am I even talking about this right now? And this is the connection I like. We cling to beliefs in exactly the same way, even when we are the ones trying to change them and we are the ones suffering because of them. 
beliefs like other people can do it but not me. It's too hard. There's no point in even trying. I've already tried and failed so many times it would be a waste of time to try again. See, told ya, hit an obstacle, I made a mistake, things didn't go my way, and that means I'll never succeed. If I were to suggest to myself that these beliefs might not be true, I would do a quick mental Google search where I discarded any evidence that I was capable, that everyone was a beginner at some time, or that everything seems impossible till you do it. All that stuff is just a bunch of fluff. So I just keep on scrolling, keep on scrolling until I find what I'm looking for, until I find those valuable memories about my failures, shortcomings, and inadequacies. The same bias that is so frustrating in that Facebook argument where the other person is ignoring all the facts that support my assertion is haunting me in my own mind. So how do we go about combating this bias to make room for the beliefs we really do want to believe? Well, the first step is grace. We're going to start with grace for the beliefs we currently hold. We humans are reluctant to acknowledge mistakes. To avoid admitting we're wrong, we're willing to go on some pretty intense hunts for evidence to support our belief. Jake, why do you keep saying you don't like mustard when you haven't tried it in years? Well, this one time, back in 1979, I thought it was regular mustard, but it was hot mustard. Oh my gosh. Way to keep the arguments relevant. The key here is to trick the mind by giving it an excuse. Convince your mind that your prior decision or prior belief was the right one given what you knew at the time or the limitations of your brain in general. But now your awareness of the underlying facts has changed and so should the mind. For example, every human being puts about five times more emphasis on negative events than positive. So the evidence I have of my limitations is five times stronger than the evidence I have for my capabilities. So of course I would be telling myself that there's no point in trying or no point in trying again after I failed the last time. Thoughts like this give my mind an out. They give it an excuse. They give it some relief. They give it a, a willingness to, to loosen its grip on the belief rather than clinging so tightly to defend it. Unfortunately, instead of giving the mind an out, we often go for a punch to the gut. If you think about that Facebook argument, you end up belittling the other person with, I told you so, we ostracize or ridicule them, say, you know, what an idiot they are. There's just this certain kind of indulgence that we feel from really beating someone down on Facebook, but it has a counterproductive effect of activating the other person's defenses and solidifying their positions. The moment you belittle the mind for believing something, you've lost the battle. You create a position where the person would have to admit they're an idiot in order to change their belief. This is why beating yourself up to try to make significant life change just doesn't work. You put yourself into a position where you have to believe you are worthless in order to change. And the belief you're trying to capture in the first place is that you have value. You literally create a lose-lose situation for your mind. What I like to do instead is offer myself grace by reminding myself that I did the best I could with the tools and information I had at the time. I also remember my economics professor from college. He said, the amount you've invested in the past has no bearing on the right decision moving forward. 
only the cost benefit analysis from this moment forward. Basically, if you wouldn't buy the stock today, it's not economically sound logic to keep the stock just because you bought it yesterday. Ask yourself, why are you holding that belief? And what's the cost benefit analysis if you're looking from this day forward? The second thing I do is I notice the identity crisis. Oftentimes we become so attached to our ideas and beliefs that we root for them like fanatical sports fans who supports their team through victory or defeat. Isn't that odd? We feel a loyalty to a belief that hurts us. I've caught myself taking a belief like, I just don't like to read, and turning it into a personal character trait, like I'm not a reader. Really? When your beliefs get intertwined with your identity, changing your mind means changing your identity. And that's a really hard sell. The solution to this is to put a healthy separation between you and the products of you or the beliefs you hold. A technique we use with clients is simply to add, I keep thinking that, at the front of a belief you don't like. So instead of me saying, I'm not a reader, I'd say, I keep thinking I'm not a reader. You could even turn, I never follow through into, I keep having this thought that I never follow through. You see how different that feels? How the separation between who you are and the thoughts you think becomes clear? This subtle verbal tweak gives my mind space to think my beliefs and me are not one and the same. My beliefs are nothing more than thoughts I've practiced over and over. And since thoughts can be changed, so can my beliefs. The, but this is who I am drama can start to fade into the background. It's no longer personal. It's simply a hypothesis proven wrong. Third, it's important to speak to your audience, which is you. Orzon Varal makes a great point with this example. Playing Al Gore's inconvenient truth on repeat to a room of Detroit auto workers won't change their mind on global warming if they're convinced your agenda will put them out of the job. Humans operate on different frequencies. If someone disagrees with you, it's not because they're wrong and you're right, it's because they believe something that you don't believe. The challenge is to figure out what that thing is and adjust your frequency. If employment is the primary concern of the Detroit auto worker, showing him images of endangered penguins (laughs) or Antarctica's melting glaciers will get you nowhere. Instead, show him how renewable energy will provide job security to his grandchildren. And now you've got his attention. You've got to have some empathy for the spot that your default thinking is at the time and meet it there. Beliefs that stem from fear, anxiety, or your natural imposter complex are always going to hang around because your amygdala cares about you and it's doing its best to protect you. Acknowledge that changing beliefs is scary and that it requires faith and then find your motivating thought to do scary things. When I find myself resisting the willingness to evaluate and possibly change a belief that I feel is giving me a result I don't like, One of the quotes I like from Brooke Castillo is, I'm going to pass on what I want now so that I can get what I want most. It gives me a little freedom to say, 
Hey, amygdala, I know that you don't like this idea. I know that you're saying this is what we want, but we're going to pass on that right now because there's something bigger that we want more. The last one is what I call don't be a woe is me fundamentalist. We tend to live in a perpetual echo chamber. We friend people who are like us on Facebook. We follow people who are like us on Twitter. We read the news outlets that are on the same political frequency as us. It's also extremely comfortable and attractive to hang out with people who don't really push us, who don't make us feel a little jealous for the things that they've done, who don't live a life we kind of have to acknowledge as an example of what could be possible for us. It's kind of like your liberal friend who only posts articles from The Guardian or your conservative uncle who only watches Fox News. The influences in your life who are indulging in the beliefs that are giving you the results you desperately want to change are preventing your beliefs from being stress test nearly as frequently as they should. As a counterattack, expose yourself to environments where your beliefs can be challenged. Surround yourself with people who are doing what you want to do and discover what they believe. Even if it's uncomfortable and awkward, the discomfort you're feeling is the currency for your growth. I want to leave you with an interesting experiment. I want you to think about a goal that you want for yourself that you feel might be impossible or at least outside of your abilities. Or maybe it's a goal that you've tried a few times and failed, started and stopped as you went along. And and I want you to think about the beliefs that are in your head that are telling you why you're not going to be able to achieve that goal. Why does it seem impossible? Why should you not try it again? And I want you to ask yourself, what fact would change one or more of those strongly held beliefs that hold you back? And if the answer is no fact would change my opinion, it's simply true, then you're in trouble. Because a person who is unwilling to change his or her mind, even with an underlying change in the facts, is by definition a fundamentalist. Are you an I'm not good enough or I'm not capable or woe is me fundamentalist? How's that working out for you? In the end, it takes courage and determination to be intentional about living from beliefs that serve you. But it's worth it. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us today. If you find yourself wanting progress faster than you're getting it, the adjustment that moves the needle for you could be to increase your consistency. Witt and I believe that consistency is the pathway to self-trust, and we've seen it improve our clients' lives in such dramatic fashion that we've created an online ecosystem to deliver consistency on demand. Our online ecosystem is called Trust University, or Trust You. See what we did there? If you or someone you know might benefit from the ability to actually do what you say you're going to do, then send us an email or head over to steadfastlifecoaching.com and start learning to trust you.